I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, May 29, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we have a lot of stuff to go over today. There is a ton of things on my laundry list of items to discuss. We'll never get through them all, but we're going to look at so many charts. You're going to learn so much stuff tonight, I can't even begin to tell you. So let's get off to the races. Where are we? Well, it's obvious where we are. The market is continuing to break down. Some will want to call today's low a low because we hit the 200 period moving average and we had a little bit of a rally in the afternoon. But at the end of the day, this is not the extent of the selling, at least from what I've been expecting, period, full stop. With that said, is the market capable of rallying, have a couple of rip your face off rallies? Of course, and it will. You just don't know when and where exactly they're going to come from. For example, there's a gap left open from yesterday's close. They could go fill that tomorrow morning. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen to the minute, to the hour, to the day. The reality is, is in order to trade this the way down that we have from the beginning of May, when we said there's a top, it's a reversal candle, can trade against that high. If the high is surpassed, We'll have to reevaluate and we'll pick a new top. But that's where we are, or that's at least where we've come from. This is where we are now. But the selling isn't over yet. But from time to time, they will want to make it look like the selling is over. For example, let's go to the intraday activity today. And let's take a look exactly what happened so we can put what I just said into better context, better perspective. We happen to be looking at a 15-minute chart for no reason whatsoever. Could look at a half-an-hour chart, a five-minute chart. Doesn't matter. What I want to point out is the fact that when the market came down, we had a nice gap down. The market tried to stage a rally, more of a trick, trap, fool, and frustrate type of rally. And then they had a rollover but found a bottom. The market on most days is going to find a bottom and try and stage a rally. There are days when it will just be perpetual selling, candle after candle, no matter what chart you're looking at. That happens, that's going to happen. It happens on the upside, it happens on the downside. But both are the extremes. Under normal garden variety market conditions, the market finds a low and it tries to put in some kind of a rally type event For whether it's a few minutes or a few hours or a few days, that's garden variety market behavior. So we're looking at that happening today on a 15-minute chart. You can see where the market bottomed right about noontime, tried to stage a rally. Now we know that there are going to be sharp swings, wide swings in both directions. I say that each and every morning to Inside the Numbers members. We saw several of those today. These whipsaw back and forth type of activity or actions, these are 10, 15 point swings in the S&P E-mini futures. These are 10, 15 handle moves from low to high, back from high to low, back from low to high. These are big moves in a very short period of time, all things considered. However, right now, that's garden variety market behavior. Why? 
because the trend changed. It's now down. We have expanded volatility and you're going to get larger swings in both directions. You get a combination of things. You get short covering, panic buying. You get traders trying to pick off the lows. You get traders trying to short. So you have more participation, more money sloshing around the markets means more opportunity for traders that know what they're doing, but it also means wider swings in both directions. Now, let's take a look at an hourly chart for a second, and then I want to show you something else There's a method to the madness. There's always a method to the madness. Those of you that have been inside my head for a while know there's always a method to the madness. There's a number of things to look at on this chart. What's the first thing that my eye is drawn to? Right, it's the bear flag pattern. So here we have a bear flag pattern that may not be finished yet. It may play out tomorrow. We'll see what happens, but that's the first thing that visually I'm drawn to. Now, earlier in the day, the market put in what we call a tail candle. This is something that's discussed at length in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Now, there's a number of things on this chart that traders who have taken the course were able to take advantage of, bar none. Again, period, full stop. Now, here's inside the numbers. This stuff is worth taking a look at. Take my word on it. It won't disappoint. Let's get a flash of the pre-market morning notes. It's hump day already. Markets have continued under selling pressure throughout the night and into the morning hours. There should be no surprise since we remain in a sell-the-rip market. Here's the layout for this morning. They got below and are now pretty content staying under the big fat round number of ES2800 SPY $280. Under normal garden variety market conditions, they would try and rally back to recapture that psychological price zone. Again, stay with me, there's a method to the madness. If the market closes hourly and daily below 27.95, and then I give the corresponding SPY number, the selling can accelerate over the next day or so, and we would begin looking down in the green zone as the first area of significant support. The overnight low comes in at 27.82. Keep in mind, this is all posted on the board before 9 o'clock even in most cases. It would be normal for the market to pay a visit to retest or go lower. Let me scroll up a little bit here. As we know, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew will be out in full force. They like to make it look like the opposite movement will take place before they reverse and head where they were intending to go. For your information, this is a reminder. We have to have the right mindset when we sit down in front of a terminal. I can't believe I just called it a terminal. All right, so that's the crux of it anyway. Let's go back up and talk about the midday stuff. You can read the rest for yourself. And so the midday 12 o'clock update is no change. It's a sell the rip market until they get to support, until and unless something changes. They did make that run to recapture the big fat round number of 2,800. They came up way short and fell away. That's what we were talking about in the morning pre-market notes. Interestingly enough, my favorite indicators we discuss each night are down, but not significantly more than the SPY. That may accelerate later in the day or later this week, but it's worth an honorable mention right now. That says work. It should be worth. Now it says worth. I didn't update my own page earlier in the day after I realized I had a spelling error. 
There's one more thing. For now, and this came out at about 12.30, for now, the bogey is 27.85. And this was really the crux of it. We're going to go back to the charts and take a look at that in a moment. 278.50, give or take on the SPY. Hourly closes above would likely mean the lows are in for the day, and they'll try and push higher. If the market continues closing hourly below 27.85, the selling pressure is likely to persist or at least they'll likely stay in the range and meander back and forth. Hint, the hourly chart put in a tail candle upon the 12.30 p.m. close. Closing hourly below is obviously a failure. That's really, really important. Why is that important? Well, let's go take a look. We're back on the hourly chart, and that same tail candle we discussed was prime buying territory not necessarily at the close of the candle, but traders that have taken the course know exactly what we were looking for, and guess what? We got it. That, my friends, was an intraday trade that I know a lot of you took. I also know it's not easy to go counter trend on a day like today. However, the trade came with a very, very defined area of risk. You knew exactly where that was wrong. So there's always something for everybody. Here's a long trade in a downtrending market. And this one was definitely something that we discuss at length in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Now, I know I took a lot of time on that. But again, there was a method to the madness. And here it is. This is really a three-prong approach. And for a lot of traders out there, it's working. And here are the three prongs. A, you learn the foundation. That's the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. B, I give you as much as I can every single night in these videos as a supplement because I really am going over a lot of the stuff and those that have taken the course know that I'm not really digging down deep enough because I'm not divulging all the real stuff, but at the same time, you get the power of repetition. And then the third leg of the stool is inside the numbers where I'm giving you my look at the market every single day. That's not to mention the gap trades, the stocks on the move list, the gap fill trades, the swing trades. And by the way, there's a swing trade on the list. There's only one swing trade on the list. Why? Because it's a new service and I dipped my toe into the swing trading end of the list. That will certainly accelerate. But guess what? We're up 9.3% on the first swing trade. I'll take it. So when you put all those three things together and combine them, traders are finding success. I've found that this formula is what works for other traders. It's what I'm capable of doing from a time perspective. And it's what I really enjoy doing and the way I'm doing it. So, and I know it's working for a lot. I appreciate all the messages. We're going to keep going. It's only going to get better. Let's get back to business here, but before I do, I'm going to do everything in reverse. Let me thank everybody once again for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video every single night. Love the interaction, and you know how I feel about the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share these videos with anybody that you think can benefit from and wants to learn this type of information. All right, back to business again. Let's talk about the downside for a second. I made a slight adjustment on the chart. It might look a little quirky. 274.19 is the first green trend line, and there's a reason for that. I actually gave you the number to the penny that I came out with, 
And here's the deal. This is the same number, and I'm going to get a lot of emails about this, but this is the same number that anybody that's taken the course really should be zeroing in on. Maybe not to the penny. That doesn't really matter that much. But this is the area for more than one reason, more than two reasons. Now, we also have to discuss how this all goes down. First of all, they may rally away up north tomorrow. That's certainly possible. They never make it that easy. And I say this all the time, but it's worth repeating. The Bulls never want to give up the ghost that easy. We really haven't seen an acceleration in selling on the downside yet. The market's been kind of creeping lower each and every day that it's been going lower. It really hasn't been any kind of a panic scenario, and I suspect that will change, and we will see some of that type of activity. I don't know exactly when, but my expectation is that we will see it. Now, how this all goes down. Do they have to hit 274.19 on the button? Could they come up a little short? Of course they can, and here's the reason why. So you have a gap here right above that number. You also have what's also known as a gap window. So the space in between the filling of the gap and where the gap again or where the next day begins, that's called a gap window, and that space can act as, or that gap window can act as support Doesn't have to be long-standing support, but it can act as support. So sometimes when we see gaps that aren't filled, they're not filled in part, in some cases, because the price stopped on the way down or in the reverse on the way up at what's called a gap window. That happens. But my numbers are my numbers. 274.19 is what, on the button, my calculator told me. What's the lower number? 270.50. Well, that's in the event that we really do get a huge down spike in the market, right? Let's say we get a gap down and they just keep going. It's a gap and go and 274 doesn't work. What's the next area that I would be willing to be a market participant on the long side in the event like that? 270.50. Not to say that they won't get a rally before that. Not to say that won't be or will be the final low. If we woke up to a gap down like that one day, I'm just saying as of today, that's a number that's of interest to me. I don't know whether or not they'll hit it anytime soon. I just put it on the chart for you to see. We could make an adjustment to that later. That may change depending on how the market trades. Does it edge down? Do we continue to creep lower? If we continue to creep lower, I'm going to be less interested in some of these numbers. These are numbers for today, tomorrow, the day after. Beyond that, they'll likely have to change if they're not hit before that. By the way, we're going to shift a little bit here. We're going to get out of the lane for a second because I want to talk about something from a concept perspective that I think is extremely important. It's the kind of stuff you write down and you keep it in a notebook on the side or keep it on the side of your desk and you're always going to go back to it. And here's what it is. Go back and read some news articles from Financial News in April and go see what they were saying and go see how bullish everything was. Not everything. You're obviously going to be able to find bearish stories out there. You always are. But in the event that the market is trending upward like it was, The majority of the stories we're going to read and the majority of the business cases will be for higher prices. So go back and do the exercise. Just go pick random stuff from the month of March, from the month of April, all the way up until the top and even beyond the top. Then go read some articles beginning today 
and yesterday, and then do that in the following days if the market continues to fall, and you'll see what happens. The more bullish they get, the closer we are to the top. The more bearish they get, the closer we are to, in this case, what will be an interim or short-term bottom. This is the psychology, or at least very small sliver of the psychology behind how all this works. Before we leave the S&P chart, I'll leave you with this last thought. One day, whether it's tomorrow or another day, remember, you're going to wake up to a rip-your-face-off rally. So if you're holding short positions, you need to be aware that that's going to happen. If you're holding swing-trading-like positions, overnight positions, it's going to happen. You're going to wake up to a rip-your-face-off rally. It just is what it is. And if you're holding options, you're not going to be able to get out until the market opens. And you know the routine. They start to get stronger and stronger and stronger as the opening bell arrives. It's because of some kind of tweet or some kind of news event that at least the market is buying as an excuse to have some panic buying, short covering ensue, all that kind of stuff. It's all part of the program. We just need to know about it. So when we see it, we're not thinking what the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew want us to think. We're thinking clearly and correctly. All we have to be concerned about are the numbers. Here's one more thing definitely worth mentioning. Those traders that were holding short positions, you need to take profit along the way down. Even though you may believe, I may believe, The market's going lower. You still don't know where the rip-your-face-off rally is going to come from, how long it's going to last, and when you have profit in your hand, you have to be diligent enough in order to take some along the way. I've said this many, many times before. By the time price gets to what we'll call a final target, most professional traders, most of the time, will not have anywhere near a full or even half of their original position on any longer. They have maybe 10, 20, 25% of what they started with at the final target, F that. And when I use the term final target, we have to take the moves in chunks, in pieces. So for example, my expectation would be if we get to 274, 272, 270, in the next several days, my expectation is that would be a good place for a rip-your-face-off rally. I have taken profit along the way already. I certainly took profit today. If we get to 270.50, it's unlikely I'll have any remaining short position left whatsoever. I'm expecting a rally from that general price zone. I could be wrong, and I could be left out of the next move down. That's certainly possible. However, my expectation is that we would have a rally from that general price zone, and then I would reshort the market after another rally. That's the way this works. That's the way I'm mapping it out. That's the schematic. These are my expectations. I'm obviously oversimplifying what is not necessarily an easy thing to do. It's just one of those things that over time, you get better and better and better at it like anything else. Practice makes perfect but you never get perfect in trading, not even close. That's what makes it so fascinating. We never actually reach our goal. Our goal is to master the market, and nobody ever will. Camp IWM, is anything new going on over here? No, absolutely not. 145 is a horizontal trend line. 145 should be 
supportive for the IWM. Could go a little lower, but there should be support in that zone. What if it's a bloodbath? 142 would be the next level down that would be of interest to me. Same story as the SPY. Not to say they won't find the low somewhere in between. I'm giving you an extreme on the downside if, in fact, we need it on this particular move. You never know when you're going to need the extreme, but the market will reach extremes. Think about the highs that we hit. Think about the lows where we were in December of 2018, just six months ago. Think about the lows. Think about where we went to. Isn't that an extreme? What's to say we won't hit extremes on the downside? Won't be down every day. We may not hit an extreme tomorrow, but we will hit extremes. We always do. Let's take a look at the VIX. Things got interesting depending on which market you may or may not have been looking at today. And the VIX was interesting. It ended up only up about 2% today, which isn't a lot at all. And it was really never spiking to the magnitude that we're used to seeing the VIX to some of these crazy numbers really, really quick. It spiked up to a high today of about 19, but it really wasn't indicative of any kind of panic selling across the stock market. And that's what I was referring to before. So this is in the camp of one of two things. Either it's a trick trap fool and frustrate, And this will continue. We talked about the ABC nature of this pattern. It has an A leg up, a B leg down, and generally speaking, the C leg is going to explode higher above the high of the A leg. Just technically speaking, has to get above the high of the A leg to complete. But in this case, my expectation is we will get an explosion in volatility. So we didn't have it today, but this daily chart still says higher prices are coming. Now, if the VIX turned around and went back down and started getting below the moving averages, that's a different story altogether. So here's the two scenarios that the VIX may be telling us. Either, again, the trick trap fool and frustrate crew, and we're going to see an explosion in volatility following tomorrow or the next day or whatever, or the VIX is indicating that we may have found a temporary low today in the stock market And they may try and put in a rally for a couple of days and that'll suck some people in thinking that we've found some kind of an interim or even a longer standing low. It could be tied to some news. You never know what to expect. I'm just laying out the possibilities. We have to look at the VIX and we have to say, well, there's a reason why volatility really wasn't picking up speed today. We don't really need to know the reason, but we need to know that it existed. So this is definitely a puzzle piece. It's on the table, and we're going to put it on both sides of the ledger. We're going to put it on the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew side, but we're also going to put it on there may be some bullish undertones working here. We need to pay attention. What's doing down at the transportation department? Pretty consistent with the other markets, but here's what I'll say. So the transports were only down about three quarters of 1% today. It was on par with the S&P 500, give or take a few basis points either way. What's a basis point, you ask? A basis point is one-tenth of 1%. Sounds fancy because they wear suits. It's not fancy. It's all nonsense. The bond market guys talk in basis points. The yield guys talk in basis points. Anything new here in the transports? No, you see what's going on. You see the price area that we pointed out previously. We pointed it out a number of times. You see what's going on. You know what I'm going to say next. 
the weekly close is going to be extremely, extremely important. If we close the week below that black line, below those pivot lows, if we close the week below there, that's bearish. If we close the week above there, they're trying to rescue the market. Doesn't mean they're going to be able to rescue the market indefinitely. It just means they're trying to rescue the market. The Qs, Silicon Valley, tech sector, NASDAQ 100, overweighted in 5 to 10 stocks. Looks like everything else. Why? Because all the markets are trading together. It's all the same market right now. When everything goes up, everything goes up together. Not necessarily to the same magnitude every single day, every single tick, every single basis point, every single candle. But when the market goes down, everything goes down together, not to the same magnitude. So that's what you're seeing. That's why a lot of the charts look very similar. Some look uglier than others. Those are our leading indicators, and they're there for a reason. The IWM, the transports, and another one. The financials. Now, this is interesting. So remember I said there's a bullish case potentially with the VIX. Well, when we look at the financials, I'm not saying this is a bullish chart or a bullish market or anything like that. But what I am saying is, why were the financials only down one quarter or 1% today? At least this particular ETF. That's not to say individual stocks weren't down more or less. But the XLF was only down a quarter of 1%. Six cents. What's going on? Same thing with the VIX. Could be the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, or it could be a hint they're working on a rescue. Again, it would be a temporary rescue, but they could be working on a rescue. The SMH. We've been looking at this every day for a long time, and this has been giving us a lot of clues. Well, check this out. So now we're still above this trend line. Let's take it off. We don't need that anymore. We know where we are. Right now... Our bogey is the low from the 23rd. That's just technical analysis 101. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't have a patent on a tail low. Anybody and everybody that's ever studied technical analysis knows that if we close below that low, that's certainly not bullish. What is that low? Well, it's 98.50. Here it is, $98.50, 98.88 on close today. Let's just check out the intraday chart for kicks. Look at this thing. This thing is fighting that level. Here it is. We don't need the other number anymore. This is more important right now. 98.50, you can see what's going on. That number is magnetic, or at least it was today. Speaking of magnetic, and I know we're jumping around here a little bit, but it's worth the look. This is the spider chart. 278.50 is the number we said was the bogey for the rest of the day at 12.30. Bogey is synonymous with pivot. Pivot is generally synonymous with magnetic. It's pretty incredible when you think about it, isn't it? Back to the SMH, though, is more important right now. So it's going to be interesting to see where we close the week above or below 98.50. It may all become a moot point tomorrow. We don't know. But what we do know is this is bearish. We're below all the moving averages. Everything's sloping down. Any kind of rally would be a short-term rally. Maybe they want to get it up to 102, 104, the 100 period moving average. But that's it. That would be a shorting opportunity. And if they did rally the SMH or anything else for that matter, this isn't a market that you try and hop on and chase around until and unless we have a rally or we have a low that we can identify as being a candidate 
for a more long-standing type of low that should last for at minimum of a few days. Think back to the green zone from the SPY. So from my perspective, we haven't hit anything like that in the SMH. We're just now below 100. The difference between the SMH and some other markets is the SMH sold off a lot more already than many other markets. The semis have absolutely been taken out behind the woodshed, shot three times. So it's stumbling around. It's trying to get up off the map, but it's been beaten up pretty damn good. So that's two things possible there's always two things possible right one is the rubber band scenario that we've talked about before which is when the rubber band gets stretched and stretched and stretched one of two things is going to happen it's going to snap back quickly or it's going to break so the smh is in one of those camps right now it could certainly break and go a lot lower or they can have a snapback and relieve some of the air quotes oversold condition and the problem with oversold and you know how i feel about this is there's no measurement for oversold we can stay oversold for a long time so just because we're oversold at 99 dollars doesn't mean we can't find it at 95 tomorrow and tomorrow we'd still be oversold here's the hourly chart of the smh i think this is worth a look too because this is a garden variety reversal candle again this is one of those things that's taught in the course at lazy e-mini trader among other signals of trend changes now just because we have one on the hourly chart doesn't mean they're going to rocket ride higher that could certainly fail markets are weak but what we have to do is a be aware of where we find bullish signals across the market and b and this one's really more for me, I've got to tell you about them so that you can find them and begin looking for them as second nature into the future. And with that, folks, I am out of wind. I am going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.